0: Welcome to another episode of Soul Filling. I'm Tiffany. I'm Jasmine.
1: And I'm Kobe.
0: And we have some very, very special guests with us to talk about what's going on in the world today. We have Jeremy Lehar, Christian Minifie, Edward Pollard, and AJ McQueen should be on the way. <laughs> um, if you guys can just go and say a little bit about yourself before we get started.
2: My name is Jeremy Lehar. Um, I'm a sergeant with the Houston Police Department. Um, I'm currently here uh, as a representative of the Afro-American Police Officers League. I'm the vice president, and um, looking forward to having this, this conversation with you all. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of it.
3: And I'm Christian Menifee. Um, I am a candidate for Harris County Attorney, which is the Chief Civil uh, Legal Officer for, for Harris County. But I also, over the past kind of three years, served on Houston's Independent Police Oversight Board. Which-
4: Good morning, my name is Edward Pollard. I am Houston City Council Member for District J. I am the youngest black male elected official in the city of Houston. Uh, Christian may take that title uh, in a few months, but thank you for having me.
5: Yeah, A.J. McQueen, um, born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. you hear me. Um, I'm a musician, you know, musician. I'm a I used to call myself a revolutionary, I don't say that anymore. Uh, like to do the work and, and let people categorize it, however they want to categorize it. So, you know what I'm uh, that's me.
0: Awesome, we are so happy to have all you guys here to talk about the state of Latin America. As y'all know, right now, police brutality is one of the things that we are um, taking a stand on. It seems like the country, we have the Black Lives Matter movement, we have marches going on, we have petitions being signed, we have phone calls being made to make sure that we're getting justice um, when it seems to be kind of invisible when it comes to the police department. So, we just want to, but in overall, you know, overall, uh, the state of Black America, there's just been so much deeply rooted oppression that in all areas of our life affects us um, with business ownership, with family, with poverty, with the school system. And so, we want to talk to you guys today to talk about what our action steps are going to be. Or what you think you are going to be, and what demands you think that we need to have, and how we can get them. So the first question is: In your opinion, what do you all think? Y'all, I I know that we don't all have the same agenda. So I'm thinking, what what is what do y'all believe your agenda is personally?
2: Oh, uh, you mean from like a law enforcement perspective? As far as me, yes. Okay, and you're asking what the agenda is as far as uh, improving on, you know, the issue that is obviously what 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 everybody's protesting right now.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, so um, I would say my part and uh, in it is is making sure that we acknowledge the elephant in the room. Um, we acknowledge that this is something that's been going on for decades, and um, it's something that you know African American people have been trying to bring. Um attention to and we haven't really been getting people's uh full attention um and it seems like we have their attention now and um you know I think it's an opportunity to uh put certain procedures and um uh higher levels of accountability in place so that you know after you know people stop protesting and uh you know this kind of passes that we don't kind of fall back into uh some of those same negative behaviors that that has been going on for for
5: years in the past. Um great 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 question. I I would say for me um you know it's to it's to be a voice, you know what I'm saying? Be uh it's to, it's, to, it's to be a voice for for people, you know what I'm saying? For the people like um to use whatever resources I have, you know, um and I'm not one of those people like You know, I didn't go to, I didn't go to college, you know what I'm saying? I didn't, uh, I don't work in corporate. I don't, I'm like one of those people, you need voices to bring light to things. Um, You know, you need uh, activism, you know what I'm saying? And activism is to uh, draw attention to a a cause. Um, So, you know, just being, being a voice, you hear me? I believe God's work is telling the truth. You know what I'm saying? It's it's actually telling that. And I don't think it's many truths. I think one truth, especially when it comes down to the type of thing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so for me as a city council member,
4: uh, it kind of ties into both uh, Jeremy and AJ, uh, is to bring their voices to a place to where it can be heard and that we can have real action that turns into real reform. And so uh, my main uh, priority right now is listening to the people then bringing the people in, having a mechanism for them to be able to use their voice to give uh, suggestions on policy changes, uh, ideas on what should be on the agenda, uh, what are the things that we should be focusing on ordinance wise, and then uh, bring all that to city council to then try to put some of those ideas into action. Uh, we were elected to rep- represent the people, but if you don't have the people's voice uh, in the conversation, Uh, and everything is just going on behind closed doors, nothing's ever going to change. and people aren't going to trust politicians, they're not going to trust police officers. And I think it's important to have the people, uh, their elected representatives, and the police officers at the table at the same time uh, discussing meaningful reform because uh, I don't think anyone is anti-police. We're just anti-bad police, and we want to make sure we support the good police uh, so that their reputations Aren't ruined by the actions of few, uh, and do whatever we can to bring accountability and transparency uh to the process. And that's gonna take all parties involved to make it happen.
6: Yeah, and similar
3: to Ed, I, I view my role as is trying to actually affect meaningful change. Um, you know, I've I've been out at the protest, you know, similar to what AJ said uh since the Trayvon Martin murder. Um, I've I've seen that side of it, and I think that that side of it is really important. Um, and I think that we're really reaching a watershed moment on that side of it. But I think where we're lacking is translating that meaningful policy changes. And so I, I view my role as being one of the people in the room who says, hey, here are the solutions that we need to to get done, um, and, and having that conversation. But, you know, more often than not, you know, even when I'm out at a protest, when I first started going to protest, if you would have asked me. Like, hey, so what can we do to change this? I would have been like, I mean, I don't know, but stop, right? So I I think that we need to invest in taking it over to that next level to like, yeah, we're tired of being murdered and here's exactly what you need to do so that in the future this isn't happening anymore.
4: And so what we're doing at City Council right now is through our public safety committee, and I'll send you all this email address, but we are... um, going out and trying to reach out to the public to say, send us your issues and concerns, your ideas on policy change, uh, so that we can have a public hearing and not just be behind closed doors, bring the public into the conversation. And so people know what what the public wants uh, as it pertains to policy, and then work through city council and our other elected means to put some of that policy forward. Because if all we're gonna do is march, if all we're gonna do is, is talk, then nothing's ever gonna change. And so we really gotta take it to the next step and it's gonna be incumbent upon, you know,
2: some of the new black leadership that's in the elected office to push those reforms through. I I feel like um that, that's a very important part of it is is getting people uh in positions to make decisions that look like the people who um the decisions are gonna benefit. You know what I mean? So yeah. I also feel like it's it's important to um get people in positions within law enforcement to ensure that um actions aren't being taken against people uh who are be who who people are protesting to make sure that they're not their civil rights aren't being um violated. Does that make sense? Man, those that's one that's one hundred percent that's one hundred
4: percent the truth, the gospel of this morning. I mean it when it comes to the leadership and those in um Positions of power and authority, that's where it starts because they have a lot of discretion when it comes to the different policy and a lot of discretion when it comes to what culture is being fostered. And I think especially when it comes to law enforcement, leadership is is everything. So you're, you're spot on with that.
1: Yes. And I, know, and I know you in your role, you have and we looked over your plan and everything that you want to do. Do you feel like it's hard to even implement some of the things that you want to do to progress change? Um,
4: Ed, sorry, Ed. Oh, um, well, right now I just got elected. Uh, you know, about six months ago, and what I can see, what I can tell you is that with everything going on right now, I think it's a perfect storm for us to get some things done because no one wants to be on the wrong side of history right now. Uh, the people don't want to be on the wrong side of history. The elected officials, the police officers, even some. Uh, you know, in corporate America, who thought that stand, standing beside Colin Kaepernick or standing beside the movement was going to hurt them. Now they're recognizing if I'm not supportive, it's going to hurt me even more. And so we have to take advantage of this opportunity because the powers that be are open to change. We just have to make sure that we're ready with meaningful ideas and policy changes. Uh, uh, that we can implement because who knows how long we're going to have this window. You know, the the eyes of the world are on us right now. And so uh, we're trying to make the most of this moment and bring forth some meaningful reform. Yeah. Okay. So
0: Jeremy?
1: All right.
0: No, I was just going to say we want to make sure this window stays open for the rest of our lives because uh, we know that this is going to be an ongoing fight to make sure not only our generation live a better life, but the generations after us. And so my question is, what are some tangible things that we can do? What are the meetings we can go to specifically um, so we can voice our opinion or who can we call specifically so we can voice our opinion? And also, this is a two part question. I feel like a lot of times we, we can make change on a local level, but we we don't know who we should elect or we should um, vote for? And so how can we make sure that we know about the people that we are voting for as well?
4: So good question. And uh, that's where it starts. That's the foundation because a lot of people don't know who their elected representatives are. And if you don't know who is representing you, you don't know if they have your best interest or not. And so you can always go online based on where you live and just type in who represents me. And you'll see some databases come up to where you put in your address, your zip code, and it will then give you a list of all the people who represent you for your particular area. Then it's incumbent upon you to then look up those people, look up their records, go to their website, see what they're about, see if they align with your interests. If they do, great, reach out to them, see how you can work in collaboration. They all have office staff that are are open Monday through Friday to listen to their constituents. Uh, If the person does not align with you, then that's your opportunity to to do what a lot of people are trying to do right now in this mobilize and and register to vote and put together a strategy to find another candidate to run in that person's place. Um, But it's it's important that you know who those people are so that you're just not out here um, just protesting for nothing, but you're able to actually have real dialogue and discussion on with the people who make those policy changes to get something done. If you don't know who represents you, then you're already fighting a losing battle. So you have to at least take that first step.
3: Yeah, and I view it as a, as a, as a two-step process. Um, so step one is is figuring out what we want. And I would suggest you two websites that kind of lay out comprehensive reform <laughs> that would not only decrease the number of police killings, but overall, decrease the amount of excessive force that we deal with in Black lives. One is Campaign Zero, so you can Google Campaign Zero. And this is like the more detailed version. It has a list of 10 very comprehensive recommendations um, for just reforming the modern police force, everything from limiting use of force to independently investigating and prosecuting. Um, it, it was created by some of the folks who were associated with Black Lives Matter uh, but kind of the more policy we associated with it, after, like years and years of people being like, um, "Hey, there's a lot of progress, but there's not a lot of policy coming from it." Uh, the more truncated version is a website that you've probably seen Oprah uh, post or some other folks posting called Wait. Um, yeah. This has a much more truncated version of those uh, policy recommendations. Uh, I personally, think that Campaign Zero is more comprehensive and and is what should be implemented. In Problems um, across the country, but eight can't wait is good too. So, once you have that, the next question is which elected officials will sign on to it and which won't? I and mean, I think it's pretty for a pretty straightforward question, right? So, if you have, you know, a councilman like Ed Pollard and you call him about the eight can't wait and he's talking about it, like, yeah, I think this one is good. I think this one is going to be some challenges, but let's work on it that they have. then you know you have an elected official who's supporting and supporting what you're fighting for. But if you call your council person, and, and they, you know, they're they not willing to have this discussion. They're not willing to make any decisions. You know, it's time to move on. Um, and so I, I think it's important to, because the, the thing I worry about is, you know, you might have a politician or a police chief or somebody who will be out of the street talking a great talk, but when you look at their record, you're not saying any of these meaningful policy changes. You're saying that Black people are still being murdered, right? So, what is, what's important to me is that you come with these very specific things and say, are you on board with this? And if they're not willing to work with you and get stuff done, then they're just blowing
6: smoke. What do we, because I've been on both sides, you know, the part where I felt like the system doesn't work for us and which that is probably has a great depth of truth to it. And then I've also been on the side where, you know, where we, you know, the reason why they, I don't want to say they, but the reason why we psych ourselves out because of, the systematic oppression uh, or so forth and so on to thinking that our voices don't matter. So then we go to the depths of saying, well, I'm not gonna vote. I'm not gonna um, make, I'm not gonna do anything that's of, of solid action, of actual meaningful action that's gonna, you know, make my voices heard such as going to the depths of being um, active and engaged in my community. Community representatives, the the district councilmen, getting to know these people because yes, it does take a little bit extra work than just you know going through our day day to day and going to work, going home, taking care of our families. It does take a little extra step on our parts to you know do the research on the people that that we do elect to actually get to know them, to actually get to know what policies could even be go into place. Because um, I'm just speaking from a a standpoint, I remember my uncle, I was having a conversation with my uncle and my dad on last week, because my grandfather had come into town from Waco. And it was, um, and my my dad is an amazing man. And he's, he's done very well for himself to say the HZ, I can honestly say, but just the thinking process when it comes to, you know, he's lived a lot of life, he's seen this. The um, unjust happened over and over the years, and he he's now in his sixties, and he's saying, you know, there's nothing that we can really do. There's nothing like feeling hopeless, feeling like oh, we just have to kind of deal with the system. It's always going to be this way. This is the same way it's always been. And my uncle was kind of you know agreeing with them, and my my grandfather was like, no, I'm seeing some positive change. He's like, yeah, that's only going to happen for a little while, but then just wait and see, and it's, until it dies down. So. Like um Ed and christian and um Jahar was saying earlier, I mean Jeremy was saying earlier that this is the time to make the meaningful change now that we have everyone's attention to actually go in and be strategic about the things that we do. It's great to march, and you know our and I think our voices are being heard, but I guess the question would be um what what words of encouragement or advice can we give to those that have lost hope? and and had, they they're not really seeming that you know change can actually happen and that we yeah, have the actual, so power to change
4: to to piggyback on that and that's to clarify what I, my statement earlier uh it reaches your point just when i said that we have a small window uh because mm-hmm. nat- nat- naturally people do get frustrated with the system or naturally they do start to have uh less passion or less attention paid to a particular issue because they just say life goes on. Nothing's ever going to change. So everyone is focused on it at one time. Even the people that you normally would not see stepping up and, and want to focus on the issue. You have to strike when that opportunity presents itself. And right now is that time where you see a collective effort from all different backgrounds, all different cultures, uh, stepping up and saying, there needs to be reform, but in doing so, we need to have action, item, action items in place ready to go because you won't have this type of attention on an issue uh, for an extended period of time. You have all the eyes on you right now, so this is the time to make the most of it.
0: I do wanna say, um, also, waking up in the morning or just going through life as a yet, yeah, it's just very tiring, but I think one of the things that I want our soulmates to know that this is an extra job. Activism and changing the world is an extra job. So we have to not say, just move on, let's go with the flow, let them do it. We have to be proactive in waking up every morning and seeing what's on the agenda to make the world a better place. And that is keeping our, um, keeping Action in place, and keep calling those officials because I'm seeing the change. When the pressure is on, they have no, they don't have any other, um, correct, any other choice. And you the gotta thing keep
4: applying the pressure. Keep yeah. applying the
0: pressure. Their phone, their their phone, uh, vo- voicemails are full. They can't even order. And the thing I feel like has, that has been setting us back for so long is that politicians, the police department, a lot of things. They were not held accountable, and that's why things are swept under the rug. That's why policy isn't being changed, even though they said this is what they're running on. But if we do our homework and really add it as an extra job for us, if we really care, we have to wake up in the morning knowing who to call, knowing where to march, knowing um, who to vote for so our voice can be heard. And um, and for the people who, and yesterday I went to Black Market Houston, it's an amazing event that my brother runs. Um and I was talking to an older gentleman too and he was like, Oh no, this isn't gonna work but I had to tell him straight up, like you cannot be um you cannot be afraid to speak out and say, No, this is not how I feel. I don't agree with this. This can happen. And if they don't agree with you, you have to show them. And that's all I have to say about that.
5: <laughs> yeah, I um I I love I mean, I I love everybody's um you know, angle and what they do and I respect it, you hear me. Um mine is is different, you know what I'm saying? Um I've I've been, you know, um man, I've been in a whole I've been in many in, in, in many sides of all this, man. I've done activism, you know i said I've motivational speaker, you know what I'm saying I went all the way to D C, you know what I mean? Um in meetings you know what I'm saying? I'm 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 just dealing with the corporations. I'm all that. One one thing that I've realized, man, is you know, um, first we gotta identify the fight. Like, what are we talking about? Her? You know what I'm saying? I think that racism is one thing. I think injustice is one thing. You know what I'm saying? I think those are those are two different things, and and I'll just use those two for example. Both are systematic. But are two different things. Now, one can overlap the other. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I mean, both can overlap each other, right? But they're still two different things. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, racism is is a is a is a monster in itself, and injustice is too. You hear me? I thought injustice for a long time. I thought injustice was racism. You know what I'm saying? And then I saw a black man treat me the way the white man did. You know what I'm saying? Then I'm like, oh. Oh, okay, it has nothing to do with, you know what I'm saying. You know, life the white dude, it's the, it's bigger than that. And then I started understanding the systems, right? Um, you know, I had a, I had a friend of mine hit me up the other day, white guy, you know what I'm saying? He was like, Man, you know, like, hey, what do I do? You know, um, you know, right now I give fifty percent of my um uh, my earnings to BLM organizations, you know, I, I you know, I do this, I do this, I do that. He's like, I just want to make sure. He's like, you know, what I'm worried about is because the world is so trendy. You hear me? Like, after two weeks, people are going to go back to normal. And I said, man, look, you know, I feel like the people that say that are, are the people that feel like they're going to go back to normal. That's the first thing I feel. I don't, I don't start talking about what everybody else doing. You know what I'm saying? Because what are you doing? You hear me? What do you, what, what are you, what are you doing? You know? And then two, I feel like you, you fight a system by creating a system. You know what I'm saying? You can't individually. And I, I I like, I respect politics, but politics is a system in itself. I respect um, all these other angles, but it's a system. It works together. You know, the problem is we don't want, we don't want to take the time to create systems. I think that, me I'm, I'm a rebel in all causes i'm minimal i don't do brands i don't you can keep your money i don't care about your money i don't have car notes i don't have anything that i have to pay to somebody else i get rid of all of it y'all you know said um um you know everything down from the food to the the cars we drive to everything it's all systematic it's all system, all this is systematic. So the only way you fight is by creating a system. Okay, AJ, how do you create a system? I believe it starts internal. I think the system that you create specifically has to do directly with your purpose. Cause there's no burnout from that. I mean, where there's no, there's no, it's no trend. Your purpose is not a trend. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it's something that you're drawn to. You're convicted by every single day. You know, we, the problem is, I think that we don't take the time to create systems. You know what I'm saying? A system is the way you fight a system. Individually, you can't do nothing. Individually, I I realized I was out here protesting and all that. I lost so many people from being on the front lines of all this stuff, right? And it broke my heart. The last person that died that broke my heart was my homie Darren Hills out there in St. Louis. You know what I'm saying? You know, we were, we were um, you know, um, protesting and, and and stuff for Mike Brown and, and, and creating and out there trying to create these different momentums and things. I mean, they killed him. And 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 the thing about it is, my mom was worried about me dying next. You know what I'm saying? And then, I, then I'm out here in Houston creating these different rallies and stuff and doing that. Then I'm getting followed by unmarked cars. And it's just, my life got wicked, right? And I, I started to think about it. They will kill, they will kill Malcolm X, they will kill Martin Luther King. They don't Mm -hmm. care, they don't care nothing about that, right? The system is how you do it. You can't kill a system. You can try to slow it down. You can Mm -hmm. try to, do. the only way you're gonna kill a system is by a system. When I think about a system, I think about a computer. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You can beat a computer up on the outside all you want to, but it's a few things. Keep that computer that make that computer a computer you know what I'm saying you got your motherboard, you got your now you mess with that you know what I'm saying you mess with that affect the whole computer, but you can you can break the monitor you know what I'm saying we're just gonna go buy another monitor. You can break the, you can, you can, you know what I'm saying? And so when I look at system, when I think about systems, I actually think about computers. I think about game consoles. You heard me? I think about a PlayStation. I think about all these things that's so intricate. It got so many parts to it that you can try to turn it up on the outside all you want to. You can't. I think, I think AJ hits on some very mm-hmm.
4: important points. Um, I, I know I have to go, but I, I did want to follow up with what he said because I think he's spot on on a few things. I think, I think, um, Seeking justice and seeking justice is one thing, and racism is is, is something different. Seek, seeking justice for me is just holding people accountable for misconduct, and, and yes. that's where that's where reform comes in. And I think that's what we can do as elected officials and the people um, is 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 not people aren't upset because that police officers are out there patrolling. They're upset because. Uh, if a police officer does something uh, That isn't right. It seems like they're not held accountable. There aren't any consequences to their actions And the right. reform the reform has to be if something if something happens what in the system makes ensures that that person will be uh, Punished and that those actions won't happen anymore. Yeah. and that people understand but racism is completely different racism ties into why that that officer or why someone may do that action but that really has to do with their own heart at the end of the day. You can change every law and every policy but if people don't change their hearts then mm. we're just we're just spinning our wheels. Right. And so it's, it's it's two different ways. You know, the reform can get you get, can get you a few steps further but if that racism and that hate and that bigotry is still out there, then it'll manifest itself in just another form, right? And so we we have to be able to, and that's why I think it's important for us to dialogue because a lot of times people are uh they they have racism and hate because they're unfamiliar with someone that's unfamiliar, and so they have this fear factor or this 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 uh, personality complex to where they don't understand the back in the experiences of others uh, and so we have to we have to be mindful of that and we have to understand that by open communication and by dialogue and by mutual respect hopefully in time that changes people's hearts and it starts with these kids some of these older people it's, it's just a wrap for them you know they're stuck in their ways um, on both sides of, of yeah. all different backgrounds but with these kids we have to be able to inst- instill, purpose and love so that when they grow up, our, our children live in a better tomorrow than we do today. Mm, great part. But I want to thank you all. I want to thank you all for having me. Uh I know I do have to run, but this is a this is a conversation that's ongoing. So please continue to reach out to me to include me in that. And I wish all you well and God bless. Thank you
0: so much.
6: Thank you
4: so
0: much.
1: All
6: right, take care.
0: Oh, that was so well said. <laughs> Um and
6: yes, AJ, I do agree with you and like Ed was saying as well, it does it is it the, the races and the unjust is a different thing and the systems going back to your point on the systems, um I'm reading a book by Robert Kiyosaki and uh oh sorry, someone was calling me. put this <laughs> on do not disturb, but I was reading a book by Robert Kiyosaki, and in the book it's called The Cash Flow Qu- Quadrant. And in the cash flow quadrant, he talks about systems and how you have to, if anything, it, it, he in the example he made, how many of you all feel that you can make a bigger, better hamburger than McDonald's? And everybody would probably raise their hand, like, of course I can make a better hamburger than McDonald's. But then they say, well, how many of you all can build a better business system than McDonald's? And then everyone will slowly start to put their hands down and be like, okay, you're on to something here. And so... When you think about the system and the things that's going on in the system, um, to beat the system, I honestly, to address your point, it's not to attack it one at a time. And this is why um, as we all were talking, we have this 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 small window of opportunity. You know, right, so when it right. gets going, this is where we have to be very, very strategic in how we run that system. And exactly. so sometimes we will have to do things that we don't want to do. Maybe we have to, you know, do our homework like Tiffany was saying earlier. This is a job to to see our points get through. To, to, to see them actually follow through, we can't stop just because we're tired or it's not convenient for us today. I was listening to um, a little snippet of e- ET Eric Thomas' podcast, and he was saying that it takes commitment, and he was um, referring it to the um, the bo- bus boycott walk that happened with um, Martin Luther King, Coretta. And when 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 we say that, we're talking about commitment and, and keeping our foot on the gas. That bus boycott lit. I mean, went on for 381 days. It didn't happen for just a weekend. It didn't happen for just a month. It didn't happen. It didn't spark up every time someone else got killed. You know, it was, people was walking tens, my, tens of hundreds of miles just to get the bird carpooling, you know, doing things that they didn't really want to do. wasn't convenient for them, didn't, but they had to be very strategic and say Because of the unjustness for our people, you know, we're going to take a stand. And so I think that's the same thing we have to do in building our own systems. But we still may have to, you know, use the system that's given to us because we, to be honest, we have to survive. And then there are some things that, that, I mean, with with our voice and with unifying, I think we can put actual action steps in place in the systems and the people that are in power of the current systems until we can build our own systems.
5: Yeah, no, I I think I, I agree with you 100%. You know, um, uh, I know, like I said, for me, that's that's how my, because I'm a visual person, that's how my brain works. Like, like when I think a system, for example, with the protests, you know, they showing that there, there were protests in, in all over the country, like literally all over, you know, and even beyond the country, right? So when you look at the map of that, when they show it, it's like a whole bunch of, you know what I'm saying, like you know how they show the colors on on the um, you know, on the, they take they say, yeah, show the colors. It looked like it looked like a, a computer getting a virus or something. Like this is how my brain works. You know what I'm saying, like the, it it looks like something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and it's like you know, the, because of this window we have, because of this window that we have to, no, like, I'm about to leave it. attack it fast. If not then or the right. well, you have a, for a or what's the,
4: I'm gonna yeah, the uh, I got to appreciate it
5: 2000
3: but
2: I'm 2001 so
3: 2018 up. I love that. everything yeah. from business thank you sir I appreciate uh, it for well, you have a no, good day you too
2: thank you hey, hey Jeremy you probably want to mute your uh your phone uh, I was trying uh, to man <laughs> everything from, from people know. walk up on you and, and don't act like they don't see you on the phone and want to have a conversation with you apologize yeah.
5: Yeah, it's cool. Uh, I said, I'm, not,
2: I'm like, all right, sir. It, 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 all right.
5: <laughs> everything from 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 businesses, nonprofits. Um, you know, for musicians, finish their song, finish their project. For authors, write their book. Um, um, for you know, you got a podcast, create that podcast. When I say systems, it's a whole bunch of small ones as well coming together. It's your purpose, though. You have to. You have to. Use your purpose for what you have because even that in itself that in itself is just as powerful. you know what I'm saying music changes hearts make the music the, the, your your business you create a business like i I made Hydre Hill so now I have a black on water company so that's something as simple as something as simple as that um we're attacking the big box corporations head on you know what I'm saying but I'm not attacking them but I don't have to put out any promo that's going against Ozarka. I just created another option. You know what I'm saying? So I don't have to attack you. I mean, I'm attacking you without attacking you. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to say your name. And I feel like I'm telling my home "Well, the there we get. I think we get white folk too much power, man. Let's talk about it. Ain't no look. I know racism still exists. And I'm and I'm. A, I'm gonna say this point. I'm gonna wrap up because I, you know, I get I get going and they get crazy. But um, you know, uh, I, I feel like we get white folk too too much power. You know what I'm saying? I, I really do, man. Look, I think I think we know what this is. We know, we know what this is. But we, look, I, I I love white folk. I don't like a lot of them. You know what I'm saying? But I love uh, but I you. But I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't need your corporation. We don't need none of that. And to get to the place where we don't need uh, any of it, because if the system falls, we're going to have to be very self-sufficient. We're going to have to be very self-sufficient because the goal is to, ter- is to overthrow the system, right? Okay, cool. So if you overthrow it, we're going to have to have things in place. If not, we're going to start fighting ourselves, i.e. the hood, i.e. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, what's going Because we fight ourselves because we we push back the system so much that we like, okay, well, let me start attacking you. So So, you know, I think... It's two parts. One is identifying the fight. What are we fighting? Which one are we fighting? Who's doing what? I respect the politicians. I respect everything that ain't me. You know what I'm saying? I will come into your your political thing and say some some stuff that will throw off everything. You know what I'm saying? And so you don't want me to talk. I'm not the person you want you want to be in your office. But you need me because, and you need all these other advocates and activists. A- activism br- brings attention to the cause. Advocates. Advocacy supports the cause. So you need, you need those. You know what I'm saying? But and then you need entrepreneurs, you need musicians, you need authors, you need whatever you got on your heart, do that and make sure that what you're creating is principled, is <laughs> is love, is God, it's all those things. And you're just this, you're just, you're you're a big part of the uh, of of uh creating a new system and creating a new world as much as a politician is. I personally believe that the musician and the politician or the entrepreneur and the politician, I feel like it go hand in hand. You just got to see it through, though. You can't you can't stop. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling my homeboy, you can't stop, though. Go create a system or go support a system that's being created. You know what I'm saying? Nonprofit. Go create something. Go create something. Create. Put something out in the world. Get to a place where we don't need the system. Cause that's all you can sit here and say all, you can protest all day and then got to go to work on Monday and, and go work for this white corporation. You know what I'm saying? That you hate and that you sitting there talking about, man, the man, the white man keep keeping me down. Man, the white man ain't doing nothing to you right now. You know what I'm saying? Now don't get me wrong. Injustice is a whole nother thing though. You see what I'm saying? That's, I'm not, that's a whole other thing. Cause you can be, you can create all you want to, but still get pulled over and get treated like, you know what I'm saying? Get Get beat and get killed. So that's that's a whole different fight, but I think it's first identifying which one we're talking about. They overlap each other, but they're not the same thing. Racism, we ain't gonna fix racism. We're not gonna fix it. We hold them accountable and 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 call it out, but you're not gonna fix it because they burst every single day, and it's a mindset. You're not gonna fix that injustice. <laughs> you can fix that. You know what I'm saying? But you can't sit here and talk about the system and still rely on the system every single day. I really, I personally believe. But the boycott, they, 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 they stopped relying on a piece of the system. And so we, but we it too much. We too attached to it. You know what I'm saying? We too attached to it. Where, where are our, our black, uh, our black supermarkets? Where are our, and I'm not saying we don't have any, but I'm just, you know, all these, all these athletes and musicians that got money. Where are, where's our hospitals? Where's our, where's our places? Why are you not putting your money to where your mouth is? Where is it at? Give us another option. I think the beautiful thing that's happening right now is you've seen people follow through economically to where they like, look, hey, uh, we finna buy black. Or And people have been saying it for a while, but I think people are so fed up, they like, nah, we finna buy black. I don't have an issue with that white place, that that white uh, business. But because we're creating a system and we need this momentum, everybody buying black. I think that's a part of it. You know what I'm saying? But we got to fight. Uh, uh, too many posts and stuff are saying something, but it's not identifying which one because it's not it's not the same thing. Black, it's, it's, There's black cops that's doing the same thing as white cops, so would you call that racism? So it's like, I don't know what I'm saying. All I know is I'm pissed off. Okay, detach from the system. If you still need it, get to a place where you don't need it as much. Go out and create another one or support another one. All the systems come together, and then it attacks the system head on. And I feel like that's how you slowly start to break it down, and or identify the pieces in that computer that where the virus is coming from. The virus is coming from this spot, that spot, that spot right there. Get rid of it, but when you get rid of it, you better give somebody another option because if not, because we're because of our survival instincts, we're going to attack each other. We're going. We're, we're going to look at the hood economics in st louis right now they killing each other niggas killing niggas right now you know what i'm saying and it's because they they not attached to the system ain't no businesses in the hood ain't no none of that so they're killing each other so if you don't if you're going to turn the system down offer another one if not they're going to take yours you know what i'm saying and yeah. that is it's going, to do, it's going to defeat the whole purpose of all this Because we overheard, man, yeah, man, Black Lives Matter. And then the conversation, okay, niggas, I heard killing niggas. Oh, yeah, we forgot about that part. No, it's holistic.
2: As far as, you know, we're um, talking about the system and um, eventually coming up with, uh, you know, our own system to replace the systems that are corrupt from the inside. Like you said, have viruses and everything. And I agree. Um, because these systems were put in place before we were here and they're going to be here after we leave. Uh, but until we get to a place where we can create our own systems, one of the systems that is needed, um, is law enforcement. I mean, it's not really going anywhere. It's going to be hard to kind of replace that. So that's why I say, I think it's very important that us as a people, as, as, as civilians and, um, you know, anybody that comes in contact with law enforcement is that, you know, your rights. You know what I mean? And you know what can and can't be said to you. And you know if you come in contact with an officer and you feel like they're handling you a certain way and they're disrespecting you or violating your civil rights, you know what the next step is. Because when I've gone out and talked to several people, you know, crowds, small, large, one-on-one conversations, those uncomfortable uncomfortable conversations that a lot of people don't want to have, I'm, I'm not really afraid of it. I would rather educate people on it like if you feel like somebody handled you a certain way and, and they did something they shouldn't have. A lot of people make the mistake of just having that bad experience with an officer, taking it, going to the beauty supply, the beauty salon, the barbershop and telling them about what happened. Man, I can't tell you. Man, these laws did this, that and the other. Whoop, de whoop, all of them like that, this, that and the other. That's, that's not really doing anything else. That's, that's not really doing anything constructive. If you go down to headquarters at twelve hundred Travis, if you come in contact with an h p d officer that does something that violates your civil rights or you feel like they don't do their job and you know they disrespect you, you file a formal complaint, you file a formal complaint, and then there are police that police the police, and they don't know, like they, we don't have personal relationships with those people that are in those positions um there's an investigation that takes place, and if you don't do that then that officer is going to go to the next person and disrespect them. And he's going to go to the next person and violate their civil rights. And then it's just going to be a cycle. But if civilians and, and people who come in contact with the police know what the next step is, they can point out those people that are not doing what they're supposed to be doing, that are making the officers that are trying to do what they're supposed to be doing uh, look bad and you know we can remove them. But I think, like you said, until we get a system that's going to replace the overall system, I think it's important that people who look like us get in the system and change it from the inside out does that make yeah, sense yeah no you know you, what it, I mean and I, and, I, and I think it's important that you know it, we could all kind of sit in the stands and the bleachers and talk about what's not right in the game but until you put your helmet on your shoulder pads on to get in the game and be like okay he's not blocking right let me go ahead and replace him oh, oh he's not doing it he's not coaching right let me see if I can get a coach in here that looks like me that can coach better than him right so right. um, yeah. I, I encourage people to be the change that you wanna see. Um, yeah. and you know what I mean, like you, you gotta get in the game to, to, to make some changes and start making some plays. You can't get mad at the plays that are being made if you ain't out there trying
5: to trying to make better plays than those. That
0: yeah,
5: you, know? you man, you yeah, you got you gotta you gotta implode it from the inside. You know what I'm saying? To, to overthrow, you gotta implode. so get in. Get in, get involved, and I and I and I'm with it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm with it 100. My my perspective, would be like, cause I um and correct me if I'm wrong, but so you, you're in law enforcement, Jeremy? Yes, sir. I am. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, and I and I I got mad respect, you know, for for law enforcement. My 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 uncle David. I don't know if y'all seen that. It, it, it's it's been all over. My uncle David was just killed in St. Louis. You know what I'm saying? He was trying to stop these uh yeah, yeah you know uh these these oh uh, the the
2: uh the retired um
5: captain. Yeah. That's my uncle. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I that, man. Yeah. Thank you. It's, uh, and I, I've had so many family members that work for the, uh, that, that's, that served in the military. I got five, like five family members that are cops, but my relationship with cops is way different. Yeah. You know, Cause I, I, I agree with what you're saying, but I think the where we, where we at, and when I say we, the community is like when you they know, rights. we, they know our rights. We know our rights. You know what I'm saying? But, like I, it was one time I was leaving Whataburger, bro. I got pulled over, and immediately the cops came to the side of the cars with gun with guns out. You know what I'm saying? Immediately. Now I've been shot before. I got PTSD. If I see a gun, like I my body, I start sweating. I start. I get my body get tensed up, and you're gonna read all of that. The dude was had his gun to the to the window, and he was like, "Um, you know, stop. Uh, you look nervous. Get out. Get out the car. Like." okay, cool. Yep. So I look nervous. And it's like, I, in, in those moments, we just trying to survive. You know what I'm saying? Like we're trying to, we're trying to survive. I don't think for me, my experience is knowing my rights ain't do nothing for me. Can I say
2: one thing? Cause I, yeah. I, 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 I hate to see, you know, I, I always go about doing this job with the mindset that, how would I want somebody to handle one of my family members if they came in contact with law enforcement? How would I want somebody to handle my wife? How would I want somebody to handle my son? You know what I mean? And so what I tell people to do is um, a lot of people have a misconception that when I'm driving around in my truck, which I'm sitting in right now, uh, if I get pulled over, somebody runs my plate and they see that I'm a police officer and they let me go. That's not how it happens. I'm just another black man driving in the truck. Right. So I I try and, like I said, I try and educate people on their rights and I try and educate people on what to do in certain situations when they come in contact with law enforcement because everybody doesn't police the same. Um, And I'm not giving anybody uh, an excuse to be, you know, overly nervous wherever they are in the situation. But I'm going to let you know what I do as a sergeant and hopefully it can help you out. Um, So just just step by step. If uh, you kind of follow me a little bit, if I get pulled over, I'm gonna pull over to the side, right? Um, I'm gonna turn my car off, and I'm gonna roll all four of my windows down. If it's nighttime, I'm gonna put my dome light on, and um, the rear, and I'm gonna hold both of my hands out of the window with my keys in my hand. Everything that I just told you is for a reason. When that officer gets out, he's gonna when he pulls me over, he's running the plate. He's trying to see if I'm wanted for murder or wanted for a robbery or something like that. If the car is is connected to one of those crimes, right? Once he gets out, he's walking, he's assessing the car, trying to see if there's any threats. If I have all four of my windows down, what can he do? He can see all the way through the car. He can see there ain't nobody hiding in there with a gun. Um, Ain't nobody sitting on their hands, having their hands in their pockets, reaching up under the seat, right? If you're the only one in the car and you have your hands out of the window, you're showing the hands. In the academy, they teach you that people's hands are the most dangerous thing because you don't know what they're trying to do with their hands. You don't know if they're grabbing something that can hurt you. So with the keys in your hand, that allows me to know that okay, I don't have to worry about this person taking off and dragging me in the car as well. You see what I'm saying? And then with the dome light on at nighttime, it's also allowing me to see because I have 10 on my windows. You can't see in my car, so I have to roll that down. As he walks up, sees nobody's in the car hiding, trying to hurt him. That kind of puts him at ease. Sees the keys in the hand. That puts him at ease. Sees that I'm sitting there waiting on him to tell me, you know, what it is that he needs. Why? Why did he pull me over? That's gonna put him at ease because unfortunately. Um, I'm sure y'all know you live in Houston. We are short staff. Uh, we don't just have officers only doing traffic and officers running calls. They may have just came from a robbery call where they robbed a pawn shop. And so their are drilling this pumping and then it's just, it's down. And then they go to another call. I had a disturbance where somebody was resisting, you know, them putting handcuffs on them and they had to tussle with them a little bit. All right, send them off now. Going to the next call. You're going to a, a traffic stop. So you don't, like, it's, it's the adrenaline is up and down, and you can't just turn it off. There's no excuse for nobody to be on 10 when they walk up to the car. But what you can do, and what I do, is try and put them at ease, and I wait on my officer. what is it? What, You know, why did you pull me over? Oh, I pulled you over because of so-and-so. And then you follow the directions. All right, I didn't get a chance to get my insurance. I'm going to reach over here. It's right there. Is that okay? Yes. Okay, cool. If you have a CDL or CHL, hey, I have a concealed handgun license, I have a gun in the car. When I was on patrol, okay, you got a gun, I got a gun too. You don't touch yours, I don't touch mine, let's keep it moving. It ain't like, oh my God, you got a gun, and, you know, get scared. That's not how it works. So if you follow those steps, there's absolutely no reason for the officer to be nervous. You know what I'm saying? But if you're you nervous and you're looking around and you can't stay, sit still or whatever, it's going to make me nervous. So I'm just letting you know what I do. And this is, if you can do what I do, I think it'll help out a lot. that's why I tell everybody when I go out and speak to people, if you follow those steps, I mean, you really shouldn't have any problems. And if you do understand that that traffic stop is not a courtroom and it's not a a debate team practice. Like if you feel like they're not doing their job, get their badge number. You can ask for a supervisor to come to the scene and they have to call for a supervisor and then you go file that form of complaint. Uh,
0: The only thing is, um, and I thank you for walking us through that, but The only thing is we've just seen so many times when people do everything right and they still get killed for no reason. And I know and I know you have to file up on whoever the police officer is. Sometimes it's like, how do we even get the badge number? And then also um, in the case of George Floyd, there was recorded incidents that he's already been um, he's already did crazy things in the past, like 15, 13 to 15 times. And it wasn't held accountable for. So it's really hard for, you know, the community to be just like, oh yeah, let's follow directions when we keep getting killed by police who are supposed to protect us, um, disrespected by police who are supposed to be uh, protecting us. Um, And then we want to follow the rules. We're doing everything we can to stay home. to, to, to stay alive but we still see our uh, our sisters and brothers being killed and and the police aren't being held accounted for yes, so i do think that uh, like there's a there's both ends but i no, feel like we have no, to keep I,
2: the- I i agree with with the frustration um because uh at the end of the day i mean i i haven't been a police officer since i was born like I, I I I was born a black man and then I decided to go into law enforcement, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I see it from both sides. Um, but I, I want people to understand and I'm never, if I see something that at the end of the day, right is right and wrong is wrong. And what we're seeing on those videos and majority of these videos has been wrong. um. But I don't want people to think that all, and this isn't an excuse, but I mean, it's the truth. All police, departments aren't trained the same There's not like a mandated training manual and video that we all follow in the academy and we're all trained the same we all have different policies and stuff and um one of the policies that hpd has is that you can't put your knee in, you can't impede anybody's breath um and you can't even lay anybody on their stomach because it, it restricts their airway and it, and they can have um excited delirium and pass away um And then you're held liable. But, you know, in the case of that person having multiple um, things that that were reported and they didn't act on that, that's on that department. Um, But I mean, to not report it, it, you're not gonna, nothing's gonna come from it. You see what I'm saying? So, like, the difference between a bigger department like HPD, where they have, like we said, the system in place to hold those officers accountable and then they get a certain level. We have certain levels of complaints where people get fired (coughs) on the spot. And then you have a smaller department where there's no civil service uh, protection. There's no union. And it's kind of like, you know, they just kind of do what they want. That's why I think, and that's why I think they're kind of trying to put a bill in place to hold police officers accountable so that if they do do that, then they're held to a higher standard and they can be fired or, Um, And they're not able to just go get another job at another agency. So I agree with you. I don't think it's fair that, you know, people feel like they don't know what they should do because, you know, they're looking on on videos and they they feel like the people did everything that they were supposed to do and they still didn't go their way and they still were killed. Um, But I feel like I would would be doing a disservice to not try and give people steps to avoid them being put in those situations. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know if George Floyd did everything that I, I just told you to do, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if Orlando Castillo did everything I was just told you to do. I do know that when I watched the video, I know that I was messed up and those people should still be here, right? So all I can do is try and educate people on taking the proper steps so that they don't end up in a situation like that where they're like, oh man, am I? I'm trying to do everything right, but I'll still, you know, they still got their hands on, they they got their hands on their guns and they got their guns pointed at me. There's absolutely no reason for them to have their guns pointed at you if
5: you do what I just told you to do. Yeah, I, oh, my bad, my bad. Go, y'all go ahead.
3: Well, yeah, I, I was just going to say, oh. I think this kind of goes to the conversation of, you know, uh, existing in a system versus reforming the system, right? So, you know, it, it it's my opinion that we shouldn't have to do any of that to not be murdered, right? And, And I think that part of the issue is the system that's in place right now for holding officers accountable in HPD or anywhere else is insufficient, right? Um, You know, we heard some discussion about um, internal affairs and how they investigate officers and and they determine punishment. Well, that's part of the problem, right? Like, why should a department be in charge for determining whether their colleagues have murdered a civilian? Like... In my opinion it should all be independent and so that kind of goes back to um the list of recommendations that i i talked about earlier is like that should all be determined by a civilian oversight group whether it's paid into by the city or it's a group of volunteers whatever it may be i don't think that police officers should be determining whether police officers wrongfully kill somebody right um and then two here in houston we have a civilian oversight board i served on that board for three years i can tell you from first hand knowledge that that board is not a significant um part of the process in in obtaining justice for people. It just isn't. Um the decisions are made at IA, the board gets an opportunity to review, but it doesn't have a meaningful step in, in changing officer punishment, uh recommending dismissal or whatever it may be. So again, it, you know, I, I just think that the system that's in place now, like I shouldn't have to file a complaint on somebody three, four, five times to keep them from killing somebody in the future right the way it should be is officers should have a standard of use of force that's used across the country that creates a very high burden that doesn't allow them to pull out their weapon and use it unless it's in a very limited set of circumstances and if they do use it and they're wrong they're immediately terminated and they have legal liability There should be independent oversight boards or like city arms that handle all the investigations there should be transparency on officer shootings Uh, As soon as we find out that somebody has been shot, we should know the officer who did the shooting. We should know who the victim is. Like a set of comprehensive reforms that rethinks the way that we approach holding law enforcement accountable. Because, I mean, we all know if you submit a complaint right now for an officer and let's say that, you know, the officer just kind of crossed some lines, but there was no serious bodily injury, that's not going to go anywhere meaningful. Um, And nine times out of 10, regardless of the department across the country, the officer will be back on the force. Uh, within a certain amount of time. They might get a temporary suspension, but they're going to be back out there. Uh, so I, I really think that we have to rethink the way that we approach holding officers accountable. Um, and, you know, truth be told, like, it, think about it. If if I go out and murder AJ, right, we're not going to look at it as, okay, well, you know, how many complaints were filed on Christian before? You know, um, should we suspend Christian from his job? It's, no, Christian just took a life, right? Somebody just died. Um, and so until we stop... You know, looking at the profession as a profession that inherently has a right to be militarized um, and to take lives on a regular basis, I think we'll keep kind of running into the same problem. So, just to piggyback on what AJ said, we have to reform the entire way that we approach this. Not try to uh, enhance the way that we civilians participate in that process as it's currently set up.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I have no, I have no problem with there being a, um, a civilian, independent oversight board that determines that. But then at the same time, I mean, just from from what you said, you we were like, I don't feel like I should have to do any of that on, on a traffic stop to, to avoid being killed. And I mean, it's I, I kind of have to disagree with you on that, because at the same time, you, you're you not looking at it from somebody in law enforcement's perspective when you're walking up on a car and it's like an unknown. It may be somebody who just robbed somebody or or has a gun under their leg that that's just looking because sh- we just pulled somebody over last night and we found three guns in the car and that could have went left but if i'm walking up there and i have to second guess myself on how i'm gonna approach that car um i'm not saying it's okay to go tap on the window with a gun I'm not saying that at all because there's 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 steps that you take it's supposed to be verbal for it first and then intermediate um use, like, uh, of a baton or a taser, and then go to to the gun. That's the last thing that you're supposed to use, which is deadly force. You're not supposed to just pull your gun out. Now, if they don't follow those steps, then they're supposed to be held accountable for that. Um, But the steps that I just gave is, for my benefit and for civilians' benefit, to put officers, um, you know, put them at ease so that they're not looking at it as a threat. and. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not justifying, you know, somebody just being scared and seeing every car as a threat. But you got to understand, like, it, it's not militarizing, like you said, the, the, the occupation of a police officer, but you are dealing with, you know, people who are committing crimes and people who could possibly take an officer's life just from them walking up to a car. So they can't be lax. They have to take a certain level of, um precaution when 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 dealing with those situations. So in a perfect world, we could just walk up there and just have a conversation and and not worry about what's in the car and what could possibly happen to us when we walk up to the car. That's not how it works. So if the person in the car is not doing anything wrong, then they don't have anything to worry about um, in a perfect world. Yeah. We don't live in a perfect world. So that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. If you follow these steps, until we get a situation, like you said, where we have an independent police oversight board and all that good stuff. Everything's reformed. Cool. It'll work, but we, we're not there yet. So until we get there, I'm I'm just trying to give y'all some steps to avoid being in a situation where you're scared for your life. Like, um, what's name? like AJ said, you know what I mean? He said somebody just came up to the car and they were just being overly aggressive and he was nervous because he had been in a situation like that before. So I was just trying to get him steps to avoid that ever happening to him again.
3: Yeah, and I guess yeah, my point is those steps didn't save Philando Castile and those steps didn't save Breonna Taylor, right? Like, you know, I sure, complying can increase on an individual basis, you know, some percentage of the chance that you are shot or murdered by law enforcement, but it's not going to be meaningful. The real issue is that when an officer approaches Philando Castile's car, he feels a different way than when he approaches Tom Brown's car, right? Mm-hmm. So, So, like, that's the core issue that I'm getting at is that I don't believe in the comply don't die narrative. I I, sure if you comply, it may be helpful, but we've seen that there is a certain percentage of police officers that it won't be helpful at all. And and so I, I don't think it's a bad cop versus good cop deal. I think it's a, this institution was created for the purpose of like being harmful in a way to minorities. Like the institution of law enforcement as it currently exists was created like based on racist premises, right? So I, I don't, like for me personally, I'm not out trying to pick who's the good officer, who's the bad officer. I think that when you look at, for example, the Rodney King beating, you had 15 officers out there, right? And and I'm pretty confident that if you would have had 30 officers out there, 15 of them being you know believed to be good officers, you probably still wouldn't have got that reported. Like if it wasn't recorded, it's still, it, these are systemic institutional issues within the force. And so yeah. like, that's why I'm just always conscious to push back on the whole, you know, comply narrative because you know I'm, and I'm sure AJ can corroborate this. Like we've seen time and time again, people comply and it, and it doesn't save their life. Yeah. yeah,
2: and I know, I know. You know, the the, the worst of the worst is, is the Rodney King, and you have situations where people are getting um, the civil rights uh, and and getting people you know putting their hands on them and people getting shot and stuff like that. But what you're not going to see is the situations where if somebody maybe about to do something that they shouldn't do, or if somebody is about to um, possibly be uh, overly aggressive with somebody and another officer does step in and stop them from doing that, that's, that's not gonna make the news. And that is going on as well. And that's why I said I encourage people who look like us to join so that until we reform and change everything, which is not gonna happen overnight, like the more of us that are out there, we can stop that stuff from happening. And I'm not trying to say I'm going to save the world from the inside of HPD. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is we can all sit here and point out what's wrong with it. But until more of us get in there and start, you know, picking out the bad people and pointing out, hey, that's not right. When I'm not going to allow this person to do that and continue to move up and get into um, positions of, of power and, 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 and positions where you can make decisions that remove people from the force that you know are doing those things. Then, I mean, it's just going to continue to keep happening.
3: That's
5: a good point. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I know. I, I agree. I agree as well. Um, I like to uh, on the side, I make I make websites. Right. And I use like ML code and all this other type of stuff. So when I make the web, when you when you're building it from scratch, or even if you just go, yeah, you you building it from scratch. It's when you, when you create certain functions in the website. There's certain things that other things can't do. Like it's certain windows that you create that. You know, if this is a checkout page, it's going to, I'm going to check out right here. Right. And there's certain things that I, that even if I tried to do it, it wouldn't because of the coding and the way that the, the way that it's set up, you can't do certain functions because you just can't do them. You know what I'm saying? Like you, it's just, even if you try to do it, it won't go through. You know what I'm saying? And so when I go, going back to just my point about systems, like I do think that there's certain systems that we can infiltrate and we can implode and change them. You know, my relationship with, and, and uh, respect to respect to you Jeremy, you know what I'm saying? I respect, you know, you, what, you know, what you do. Uh, I don't like cops at all. At all. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't, because, and I used to be a gang member, right? In some fashions, I'm still a gang member, you know, according to just, you know, some other other stuff, inactiveness, right? There's no way it's as good as a person as I am. When people th- see my tattoo, they see when they when they think a gang, you're gonna think one thing. You know what I'm saying? I kid you not. Where I'm from, man, and my experiences with cops have all ended. I had a cop pull me over, throw everything out of my trunk, and I told this dude that um I had. I, I'm I'm a musician, and I just came from you know. Uh, um, um, Cause I have a, you know, my nonprofit riders box. We had just gave backpacks in the hood. This dude threw a backpack out the car, uh, looking for drugs. Early back and, and sat me on, put the handcuffs on me, sat me on the curb, ran his fingers through my hair, trying to see if I was hiding something in my hair. Sat me down, right? And that was, I think that's, I was, I was, I was seventeen when it happened. You know what I'm saying? And I kid you not, bro, I don't, I don't, I've never met a good cop, ever. I've never met a good cop in my life, you know what I'm saying, at all. And um, for the sake of the Zoom and whoever's watching this, <clears throat> or whoever will be watching this, I want to elaborate with, you know, uh, other, other parts of how I feel. But I've never I, met I'm sorry, I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I
2: really, I, I'm sorry to hear that you feel that way, man, and I mean, I are you from Houston? No, I'm from St. Louis. Okay, that's what's up, man. I, I'm from Houston, man. I grew up in Studio Wood, so I I I know you may not be familiar with what that is, but it's 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 a it's a neighborhood. It's it's a it's a rough neighborhood, and so when I was growing up there, I didn't really see the police, and I I didn't really I didn't hate the cops, but the only time I saw them is when they were coming to taking somebody to jail. You know what I'm saying? So we didn't really have any positive. Uh, Interactions with the police and a lot of my friends were arrested in and out uh, for doing you know things that they chose to do Um, And my interaction with the police was you know them embarrassing me in front of my friends Um, You know, I don't really have to go into details about that But um, I can't let you know that negative interaction with them Make me think that that's how all of them were. and I'll be honest with you. I never wanted to be a police officer growing up I didn't join uh, the the police department till I was 25 But I felt like it was important for me to join the police department because uh, as much as everybody on the Zoom call, everybody who might watch the Zoom call may hate the police, um, they're they're a necessary part in all of this because there's always going to be somebody that's going to break into somebody's house. that's going to take something that doesn't belong to them. And you're going to have to call somebody to try and get that stuff back, unless you just want to call it, you know, charge to the game and let it go. You know what I mean? There's always going to be somebody in an abusive relationship who's getting their hands put on them and they they need help and they need a way out. So you're going to have to call the police to get help with that. Like there's going to be somebody uh, sexually abusing a child and I need help with that. So the police are a necessary function of everything. And um, the reason why I don't have a problem with anything that Christian is saying, as far as, you know, coming up with these these ideas of reform and having a civilian board to make those decisions. Because I can honestly say I've been a police officer for nine years, now I'm a sergeant, I haven't missed over not one person. Because I believe in karma. I believe right. in the difference between right and wrong. And what I'm I believe that if I go and I come in contact with you and I do you wrong, I call you out your name, I put you in jail when you don't need to go to jail, I'll take you to jail, drop you off, then I go to another place, do that. Go to a group of people, do that to them. Go to another group, do that to them. I'm not going to remember all these people's faces that I'm coming in contact with, right? Who's to say that I'm at Walmart in regular clothes and you didn't got out of jail, you felt like I did you wrong, you're going to end up coming up to me and catching me slipping. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like, you know, you do right by people, you help people the way that you want to be helped, um, and you hold people accountable that are working with you as your coworkers to do the same thing. You want them to treat you. I treat everybody like I want my mom to be treated. You know what I'm saying? So, right, right. I think that's important. Can I bring right. you up in
3: just because I have to jump off? Uh, okay. And, and y'all have an important dialogue. I don't want to break it up. But um, thank you all. Tiffany, Jasmine, Jasmine. Thank you all very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank uh, you. For- yeah, Officer Leroy. thank you very much for coming on. Uh, AJ, shout out to um, so the patients. President of the African-American <coughs> Police Officers League, uh, DeAndre Hutchinson. Uh, Hutch, me, and AJ all went to high school together. Um, uh, AJ and I rode the same bus. Hutch and I played football together. Um, yeah. I went and talked to APOL when I was running, but I appreciate y'all having me on and having this important discussion. I'll let these fellas continue. Y'all have a blessed day. Oh,
6: you two, oh Thank you. We were actually in the process of wrapping up
5: ourselves. Oh, can, I, can I, can I say this one thing real quick? I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
6: Jeremy, oh, okay.
5: to, to your, to your point, to your point, um, cause it, and I appreciate you for saying what you're saying but when i when I say this, I say, look i've never met I've never met a good cop ever and but I've met good people that are cops, right and what i and for me, what that means is because the system in itself is so bad, you've never met a, I, I don't think nobody said they've ever met a good gang banger. I don't think they can ever say that you know what I'm saying like because of what it represents, like what gang what what gang banging represent regardless of our knowledge, regardless of and ethics that You know what I'm saying? We have, we got the loyalty, the family dynamic. I didn't even know I was in a gang until somebody started trying to kill me. I'm like, I thought it was positive. We just all wore the same colors. And we, you know what I'm saying? But my point is I've never met a good cop, but I've met good people that are cops because I don't think you can be, I think the system is the system is so corrupt that I don't think you can go. And I think there's cops that actually go around her saying that they're good cops. But I, I, I don't, if the system, if the system is what it is, can you say, can you say that, cause what you're saying, what you're saying you're good at, or what do you, what you're saying you're good at is corrupt. It's horrible. It's just, it's horrible. And so my relationship with law enforcement has always been one that, that is, um, it's, it's uncomfortable, but you, and just her, I kid you not just even this zoom call and hearing you talk, it makes me identify you. You know what I'm saying? And so that's the point I was getting to. It's like, I, I'm hearing you talk. I don't hear cops talk, bro. And I've been I've been around. I don't hear cops mm-hmm. say what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? And that's the, also the problem. Cause we rarely heard cops speak against this system anyway. It's, man, it'll go viral. I think it was a dude in a protest. Big, big old cop, bald guy, who was just- He Atlanta? said-
2: He's in Atlanta, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, It's, yeah. it's
5: 15 seconds of him saying, hey, no, you know, I ain't with that. If I see this going on, I'm going to say this. That went viral because we all like, damn, that's for, wow. You know what I'm saying? 15 seconds of that. 15 seconds went viral and that's to show you how across the world we all feel like, man, this is, and we don't even, he could have just been saying it, but it meant a lot to us. It meant the world to us, man. So, but meeting, but hearing you talk, I don't know you personally, but this right here, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's important because it makes me, it helps me identify you. You know what I'm saying? As, as a person who I'm like, nah, I know a cop who feel this way, feel that way, feel that way. But I kid you not, bro, in 30 years, I probably met three of y'all, bro. Three of y'all that, that have verbalized, you know what I'm saying? What you just said, even the practical steps you said, I don't feel like it works for me. When they see me from afar, bro, I look like, I look like bad news, you know what I'm saying. I had a cop tell me that he like, nah, bro, you just you just give off bad news. And okay, cool, because at, but at the end of the day, somebody like you and I think that in our neighborhoods we need more. I I don't know how it works, and I would love to talk to you offline, maybe. But we just need more of you know people like yourself, you know what I'm saying, and 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 um, who who are more vocal on this type of stuff to help us identify who those cops are that are good people. But past that, bro. It's it's difficult because of the system. So I just want to throw that point out there um, real quick.
1: No, and that's why it's important that we had Jeremy on because he is such a positive person. He is doing a lot in the community. He has a nonprofit that he he runs. He runs the Triple C podcast. And I want you to talk more about that because it is important that we see people like you who are doing good things so that we can rebuild that public trust of police officers.
2: It's very important because, like you said, I I uh I think it's important, even when I was on patrol as an officer, man, to get out of your car and talk to people and not just have their only interaction when you, you come exactly. in contact with them, be when you taking somebody to jail. Like, no, like, get out of the car, go in the store, talk to people, chop it up with them, get to know them, make them feel comfortable with you that, you know, they don't have to be nervous when you're around. You know what I'm saying? And when I'm out, if I'm working a security job, standing at the front door and a parent comes in with their kid and they like, if you don't listen. He's going to take you to jail. I said, mm-hmm. ma'am, don't tell your child that because if you go over here on aisle two and you slip and fall on a jar of pickles and bust your head, that kid going to be scared to come and tell me that, hey, my mom needs help.
4: Mm-hmm. And that's
2: why we're here. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be here to help them. You see what I'm saying? What number do you call when you need help? 911. If you tell them to be scared, they're going to be scared to call us. And you're going right. to be laying there unresponsive. So the, the, the podcast that you're referring to is called the Triple C Podcast. It's Cops Communicating with the Community. And it's one of the things that I created before I, I promoted, it and now I'm back on patrol. And it's just a uh, it's a vehicle for us to show the public that all police officers aren't the stereotypical kind of robot, robotic, you know, people that everybody think police officers are. Um, we have a sense of humor,s we have a personality, um, you know, we come from backgrounds um, just like the ones that other people that are on the other side of the Zoom call. Right, my man AJ. I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure you've been around some 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 tough situations, man. I have too. Like if we have a conversation outside outside of the Zoom call. I guarantee we got more coming than you think. Um, but you know, I just chose to go into this this line of work, and hopefully, you know, you have a, a different outlook on it after we get off of the phone. But um we bring people in from from the community. We bring uh people in from investigative divisions, and just try and. Give a different, a different overall perception of law enforcement uh, from the inside out, so that you know. And, and even with something as small as people telling stories and and explaining why they do certain things certain ways because of their training, if you ain't never heard, they be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That's why they do. That's why they did that. They they weren't they weren't just doing that to be mean. That's why they did that. You know. So um, it's just about thinking outside the box and finding the void and filling that void and, and, and providing you know um a uh, inside look and, and just access to law enforcement that that people have never had before uh so that they can they can relate more and like you said rebuild that trust that people keep on messing up on a regular basis and that's why we're here talking right now is because it seems like you just as soon as you start, I, I go out and I talk to some kids or I go out and talk to some senior citizens. and be like, hey, man, OK, cool. Like, we, that was good. And then I go home and look at the news and there's somebody with a uniform on that kind of looks like mine and they're doing something that's like three steps back and one step forward. You know what I mean? So it's frustrating, especially as an African-American man in law enforcement, when I'm trying to do right by my people and everybody else in the uh in the community, you know, that doesn't look like me, that does look like me. And then you go home and you see something and then you go out and they're like, I have a kid ask me, why y'all shooting us in the back? I'm like, I I ain't never shot nobody, man. It's not. Like, I don't even work for, they don't even, it's not even in Houston. You know what I mean? But when they see somebody in uniform, they see me. You yep. know what I mean? And that's why it's important that more of us join. More of us get out there so that kids, people our age can see themselves in law enforcement feel like they can make a change, feel like they can point out those officers that may not be doing what they're supposed to be doing and get them off the street so that we can offset the bad that's going on and get back to, you know, the reason why I got in law enforcement,
6: which is to help people who can't help themselves.
5: Respect, respect. I
6: love that. I just wanted to say one last thing. Um, I'm I'm just so glad uh, officer Lahar, that you brought that up, that, um, that officers, they're, they're humans just like we are. We are all humans. And a lot of times, People that, do, that has had bad officer experience with an officer or an officer that has had a bad experience with one black person, they may b- give this blanket bias approach to each side. And that that that's just, that's in and it of itself. It's, I just want to let this movement be known that it's not black lives matter versus blue lives matter versus cops. It, we really should find a way to see the good and all because that's that in and it of itself it's it's just
2: another system, sort of like racism. The reason why racism okay. <laughs> exists. Why, is, why does it always turn to that? I can't stand that. Like, why can't it? With the with the, I just saw something uh, on TikTok. Did y'all see that TikTok of the lady who was talking about burning houses? No. So so she gave a metaphor, and so it was a burning house. And she was like, "Oh my god, my house is on fire!" Oh yeah, white Somebody girl. Help. Yeah, and then the lady was like, Ugh, "Well, how?" My house, what about my house? And she was like, nobody said your house wasn't important, but my house is on fire right now and the people inside of it are in danger. Can we you know get some attention to my house and then you know i I appreciate your house, your house is important, but mine's on fire right now. Can we get some attention? Well, I, all houses matter. It is like nobody didn't say all houses didn't matter. We just saying that this house is on fire, fire. or dying it. So you know this fire out first. you see what I'm saying? And, so, and, and yeah. back to the, the thing, like you said, if you come in contact with somebody, you have a negative um, interaction with them. I, I, the, the, the metaphor I use with kids when I go and talk in the schools is everybody has a teacher that they love going to their class, right? Because they, they let you out, you know, you get a little bit more freedom, right? Mm-hmm. But you learn, you have fun. You can't wait to go to that class. Everybody got that teacher who they can't stand going to their class. And they just dread it because they mm-hmm. rule, they, you know, they hard on them. They may talk to them sideways. When you go to that class that you can't stand that teacher and you had that bad interaction with them, do you walk out in the hallway and go in that next class and be like, man, I'm not trying to hear nothing you saying. All teachers act like that. All y'all be tripping. No. You can't let that one bad teacher make you think that everybody that works in that profession is the same way. Same thing when you go to Chili's and you have a waiter who you can't find them when you need some ketchup. That don't mean like every waiter, every restaurant is bad. That's just a bad interaction with it. It's just, it's just a lot more that can go wrong when you're dealing with law enforcement. That's why I think it's important that training be mandated, better training be mandated across the board. You know what I mean? Yes. It's not a good It's, it's no excuse. I have this, this is a smaller department. They don't have that good of training, so that's why they have so mm-hmm. many. Oh, man, they need to find the funding so that they have the, the same level of training that these other big departments have. So that we're all doing the same thing and we can all be held accountable
6: on the same level. Absolutely. Yes. And, and you basically said it all. And it, that goes the same with racism. The reason why they feel this blanket approach, because they haven't met enough people that are of color that, to see that we're just like them and that, you know, we, we are good people as well. And, it's, of course, this is not a, a situation that's going to change overnight. We all got to know that. And, of course, this is not, you know, something that can be tackled right now. It is definitely going to take some time. And this is not a one conversation blanket approach. And, of course, we can't address everything.
0: Yeah, we have so much to say. (laughs) So so many things going in my my head right now. But I know we have to wrap up soon. But I, I just really wanted to thank you guys and the guys that were here before because we have to have this conversation we have to talk about accountability and we have to communicate with each other if we're all trying to you know make this world a better place and like aj, AJ said before we have to make sure we're tapping into our purpose more than anything because god has a plan for all of us and we have to we have to walk in in those steps and i think um Right now, it is causing people not to be so fearful of what we used to be fearful of. You know, right now, the bigger picture is I'm going to speak up against, um, I'm I'm going to speak up against what's bad because, despite what may happen to me, because my brother or sister's life depends on it. My future kid's life depends on, on it. And um, I'm just so <laughs> passionate about this. And I just... Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I just love our people so much. And so that's why we have to have this conversation. And I, I just want everybody to just help hold their self accountable and the people around every little injustice, whether you're in the store, whether from big to small, whether your boss is treating you wrong. I need everybody to be able to be held accountable because it matters. Um, so we could really reform this. And I really do think we could both infiltrate the system, do good in the system and help people and create our own systems. But the, the point is we have to do what God tells us and we have to be in solidarity with each other when we're making these changes and support what AJ's got going on. We have to support what Jeremy has going on, what Jasmine, me and uh, Jasmine have going on because um if we build these system and no one's there to support us, we cannot move, we cannot move forward. And so that's that's what I want everybody listening to to hear together, together from the different our different purposes, together moving forward, listening to what God has for our lives. That's gonna be the real revolution. Um, so I'm just really thankful for this conversation. <laughs> I just love y'all so much. Um, yeah. All
6: right, Edie. All righty. So, um, what time is it, y'all? It's affirmation time. It's affirmation time. It's affirmation time so if this is your first time tuning in on the soul feeling podcast we always 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 end our podcast with a positive affirmation what the heck is an affirmation an affirmation is any statement that you are using to transform your life either you're transforming your life for the good or you're transforming your life for the bad maybe you used to saying things like i'm sick and tired i'm broke i just nothing's gonna change Instead, try speaking positive things into your life, like things just continuously get better and better. I'm thriving, I'm prosperous, so forth and so on. Like, even in the Bible, it states, Let the weak say, I am strong. So, on those days when you're feeling weak, you still got to affirm that you're feeling strong. You have to say it keyword. So, I'm affirming that there are trillions, millions, and billions of y'all out there tuned in. And we're going to go ahead and end this thing off with our positive affirmation. Who wants to go first? Um, <laughs> okay. um, Let's see. I am affirming that we as a people unify, prosper, and live in divine harmony and love.
0: I, <laughs> I believe in myself, I believe in our people to make a real change in our lifetime. And I am dedicated to the work forever.
1: I am a black woman and I am proud to be a black woman. And I will do my part to help our community move forward.
0: Y'all's
2: turn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, y'all had a lot of practice. Uh, it seemed like y'all yeah, have done this before. Been been Every week, <laughs> right? Only only 120 episodes later. <laughs> I know, right? Dang, y'all been doing it. Okay, I, I'll try. Um, I am a, a, a black son, husband, and father, uh, and that's who I identify as. Before anything. And uh I will do my best to educate the next uh generation of, of young men who look like me, uh who come from similar um backgrounds and, and uh obstacles as me so that they don't step in the same holes that I may have stepped in and uh they can surpass um anything that I have accomplished and not see their um circumstances as uh an excuse not to be successful
6: Mm
5: -hmm. yeah um i i i hope that we you know begin to or continue which one um to see that we are made in god's image um like literally made in this image like we are we twins me and jesus are twins we look exactly alike and I believe that when we know who we are, we will change what we accept, what we allow. We'll change um, our convictions. Our convictions will shift. And I pray that uh, and hope that, you know, we start to get convicted about a purpose. We start to get convicted love. We start to get convicted about um, um, integrity, you know, and, and courage. Uh, and as it says in Isaiah, I hope that we... Um, Begin to do right seek justice and defend the oppressed um and get convicted every day when we're not creating you know now so yeah that's it
0: <laughs> all right guys let them know where they can find you so that they can follow y'all's particular movements
5: oh <laughs> uh, for sure um well you can hit me on instagram at aj mclean uh you can go to my website dot um, if you go to uh, Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, SoundCloud, I have uh, a few projects out. My last project is called Godish. Um, so that's out. And um, I have my nonprofit, We Are Writers Block, uh, you can check us out on Instagram. Um, we are always in the community, you know, performing arts and literacy organization. Um, and also, Hydre Hill Water. Yeah, if y'all want some, uh, some water, I have a black hole water company um uh, you know alkaline water and we deliver in Houston you know uh so yeah
6: how at me.
1: awesome
6: um
2: you can uh find out about the Afro American Police Officers League at uh apol.org um and some of the things that we are out here doing in the community and uh department wide and um my Instagram is uh mr, mr. mr. Officer. Uh, Seven one three, and uh, that's gonna be on Twitter, and um, and then my nonprofit is the Houston Prestige Project. It's, it's a that's a pretty unique name. You just type that in, and it should pop up to Facebook or whatever. And um, that's that's pretty much it. Oh, and um, I I mean I haven't really told nobody else, but before coronavirus, I was about to put something out, <laughs> and I'm kind of excited about it. I, uh, I came up with a it's gonna be a book series. And uh, it's going to be centered around um, educating, um, you know, children um, about law enforcement and, uh, you know, on different safety things as far as, you know, gun safety, stranger danger, uh, different things that we learned about growing up. And it's not really an avenue. I created a a character, a minority character, a black character, um, a a law enforcement um, character. His name is Officer Friendly. And so um, that's going to be coming out here in the next couple of months. Wow! And uh, it's not really there, there, like I said, there was a void there. I, I read to my kids every night, and there there are no law enforcement characters, like positive characters, uh, that they could identify with. So I'll be looking out for that.
0: Oh, that's yeah. so awesome! <laughs> All right, so make sure you know you can follow us everywhere. Soul Feeling Podcast everywhere s-o-u-l-f-i-l-l-i-n-g i already know that this episode builds your soul so make sure that you share it everywhere on twitter on facebook on instagram because we will repost it and we just need more people to hear this conversation i just love what we can do when we come together so we love you guys so much as usual we'll it's come, so amazing. we love y'all Thank, thank you guys so amazing. much. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Oh, Have a great one.